Thank you to Contentful for supporting our podcast. I'm Marcelo Lewin, and this is the Contentful Creators Podcast, Season 1, Episode 25. So let's get to it. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 25 of the Contentful Creators Podcast, where I have conversations with content architects, designers, developers, and other creators who use the Contentful content platform and related technologies to create web experiences. I'm your host, Marcelo Lewin, a Senior Content Solutions Architect and a Certified Contentful Professional. Today's episode focuses on the Atomic Design System, what it is, how to use it, and why it's important for building scalable web apps with my guest, Juan Manuel Flucha, the Chief Technology Officer and one of the co-founders of Rain, a software design and development company. But before we get started, if you want more podcast episodes, tutorials, webinars, and blog articles, all focus on creating web experiences using Contentful and related technologies, please visit www.contentfulcreators.com. All right, Juan Manuel, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Marcelo. Nice to have you here. You are in Chile, right? Right. I'm in the south of Chile right now. So how far is that from Santiago? Santiago is in the, the center of Chile, and mm-hmm. I'm about like 1,000 kilometers. I think a little bit closer, like 700 kilometers away from the capital. Oh, okay. Very cool. I hear Chile is a very beautiful country. Super beautiful. We got connected, I believe, via LinkedIn, and I found your background very intriguing. So maybe why don't we start out by you telling us about your background? Okay. Well, uh, as you said, I'm, I'm the CEO of uh, Rain and one of the co-founders as well. Rain is a software development company. We are based in, in Chile, and we formed this company like uh, about six years ago. Before that, I was like traveling around the world like a lot. I lived in Shanghai for, for a while, like seven years. Then I moved to Barcelona and then moved to Moscow. And then I returned to Chile and, and I formed this company with one of my best friends. So, yeah, I've been in the tech industry for the last uh, many years, like after I came out from university. And first I was, I was like a Flash developer, like action script developer. And then we moved after to like mobile technologies and mobile apps. And, and now in the latest, uh, the last years I've been doing like more like a cloud architecting and focus on, on big enterprise uh, solutions, uh, web development and, and all this stuff. Is the market pretty large in Chile or do you work mainly with the customers outside of Chile? There is a big market here. There is a big company. So we have very, very big clients. And as well, we, we have clients in different countries in the, in the US and Europe as well. And how did you get involved with Contentful? Because I know you presented, I was one of the presenters in Blueprint and so were you. Yes. So basically, like we we are like focused now on building like as a strategy, as like a company strategy, we are building partnerships with the companies that are within the Jamstack ecosystem, because this is what we are like promoting and and using as like a modern web technologies. So we started like uh, using Contentful for one of our projects, like maybe like four years ago. And we fell in love with Contentful and we became their partners. And now we are like promoting Contentful and using Contentful a lot in, in this 
enterprise project. So Headless is pretty big over there. Pretty big, yes. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's everyone now. It's like uh, moving towards like uh, headless technologies, headless e-commerce, and yeah, and it makes total sense. Yeah, decoupling from everything. Yep. All right. So today we're going to talk about the atomic design system. But before we go to that, why don't we talk about what is a design system? So, well, a design system. It's a collection of like uh, documents and assets and components and maybe also like code snippets, uh, examples, design guidelines, UX patterns, and other like digital assets. For example, like the Google's material design or Apple's human interface guidelines are examples of design systems. And why is that important to web development? What does that help web developers with? It makes the, the process of working on a product or a brand much more efficient. Like it brings order and consistency. Like instead of like building repeatedly like similar components from scratch, developers and designers are reusing components and that makes the team more efficient and becomes also easier to create like consistent digital experiences across different platforms. And this efficiency and consistency also makes organizations like faster at delivering scalable products. I see. So it's really standards now. Different companies can have different design systems, right? Or do yeah, most right. people work off of a industry standard? Companies like now, they are like building, like you, you can see this as a trend. Like, for example, like companies now, they are like building their own design systems, like Airbnb or like Facebook or any company has already in place a design system. And the purpose of this is to create like this consistent experience, like digital experience. So where does the atomic design system come in? What is it? What is its purpose? Well, the atomic design system is, is really like a methodology for creating design systems. I think the main purpose of the atomic design system is to enable the creation of like a very intuitive and scalable design system for building component-based application. How would the atomic design system be different than, let's say, other companies' design system? Well, first we can, we can talk about like who created it. It was a designer called like Brad Frost. He wrote a book about this uh, atomic design system. And, and the whole idea is like it was inspired by chemistry in where like everything can be broken down into like a finite set of uh, atomic elements that you can combine for building more complex structures. That's why the name is uh, Atomic Design System because of the, it's based on this chemistry, like the nature of the chemistry. Right. So uh, he applies this natural process, which is very intuitive, into the design of user interfaces. So why don't you tell us about the pieces that make up the atomic design system? So we have five main elements for the atomic design system. These are like atoms, molecules, organisms, and then we have templates and pages. So the atoms are the basic building blocks of, for like user interface. Uh, and these atoms, they can't be broken down anymore before losing their functionality. So these are, for example, if we're talking about HTML, these are buttons, inputs, labels, images, etc. Like then molecules, if you group two or more atoms, you have a molecule. Like mo molecules are like simple groups of UI elements that they're going to function together as one. For example, I can put together like a text input and a button and I can create like a search form molecule. So, or for example, you can have a background image and a text label and a button and that can form a banner molecule. Then we have uh, organisms, which are like more complex UI components, and these are made up for, from other molecules uh, plus atoms or other organisms. We use these organisms for building like different sections of an interface. For example, the header of a website 
which can have a navigation bar, a search form, molecule, a logo, etc. I see. So a header would be an organism that's con comprised of, let's say, a navigation molecule and a search molecule. And each of those are composed of atoms that make up basically the elements to build that. Exactly. That, that's right. Then we have templates. So up to here, we have this beautiful like chemistry analogy, which works great. And it's very intuitive language for building UI hierarchy. But then we move to the next level, which is the templates. Templates are like groups of organisms functioning together to create like a page level objects. The templates, they focus on the content structure rather than the like, like the page final content. They provide like a context for all these abstract components. It's important to see how they, it's very important to see how all these uh, pieces uh, look together and function together. So an, an example of a template could be like a homepage, for example, where you have a header, you have then you have your body and, and in the body you can have a carousel of images or banners, uh, cards or images, etc. And then you have a footer. So this will form a, what we know as a, as a template. Not with real content, it's just to see how the content is a structure. So templates could be reused as opposed to, let's say, exactly. pages. Yeah. Exactly. So then the last level of the atomic design are pages. And pages are just the instances of, of a template showing what like the UI looks with real content. It's like the most concrete stage of the atomic design. I see. So, for example, the template would be a class and the pages would be an instance of that class, basically. Uh-huh, exactly. With the content. I see. So what are the benefits of this system versus just a homegrown design system, let's say? When you break down like everything into small pieces, it makes it very easy to see what can be reused. And also like the nature of the atomic design makes the design of interfaces much more intuitive. And this is true not only during the creation of the system, but also when you need to update it or when you need to create like a new interface uh, with all these pieces. It also for development, it makes it very easy to structure the code. I would say that the separation of concerns in the atomic model is uh, like is intrinsic. This also minimizes the risk of writing duplicated code. And once you have uh, like all the catalog of atoms, molecules and organisms, prototyping becomes super, super fast. Because you're basically picking modules and or organisms to build your template slash page. Uh -huh, exactly. So how does this relate to context? What I mean by that is like desktop versus mobile. How does it take that into consideration? It's very important like, uh, to consider like, the context, like as you said, like uh, desktop versus mobile. At the atomic level, like we're talking about like the atoms, I would say that the pieces are going to work like very well across the different platforms because these are just the very tiny components. But when you start building more complex structures, you're going to need uh, to apply specific rules to your components. So they're going to work better on different screen sizes. So in this project that we were working, we started building everything mobile first using responsive layout, but we realized that the, this was not enough and we had to apply more specific rules to some of the components using like a hybrid approach between responsive and reactive. So sometimes you might need to swap a whole organism according to the context. In desktop, we're going to show one. In, in mobile, we're going to show a different one. 
even though they are the same, but, but they are like more specific to the context. Right. So would you, for example, in your design system, which you have two atoms or not atoms, but let's say molecules, would you have a molecule for desktop and a molecule for the web for, let's say, an input search molecule, right? That has an input text field and a search button. Would you have two separate molecules, one for desktop, one for web? Or let's say you're doing native apps, right? Like native iOS or native Android versus using a technology that can work for all the different contexts. Yeah, I think we try to avoid that. We always like, we're going to try to like make everything like uh, reusable, but in some specific, very specific cases, it's needed to do this. It's needed to have a molecule for desktop and a molecule for mobile, but we try to minimize that. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I, and I would assume like when you get into other kinds of contexts, like for example, like uh, IoT in the future or anything like that, you would probably have to, with thinking about that, you would have to create a different molecule that supports that since there's no visual, right? It's more voice. So I guess it would it would depend on that. So can we relate the atomic design system or net relate, but how can we use that system when we're creating contentful apps? And specifically, I'm thinking of content. I could see a design system for building content and breaking content down to atoms and molecules and organisms seems very useful, especially for single source of truth and reuse. Can you touch upon how we could use this type of system for content modeling and specifically in Contentful? This is something that uh, was a big success for, for us. Like, uh, and we think like content for Contentful, the, like the flexible nature of Contentful is very fitting for working with a component-based system. You can map each stage of the atomic model in Contentful using content types and, and entries. So yeah, it, it works great. Like Contentful is great for working with the atomic design system. Can you give some examples of how they map? Like what are molecules versus atoms versus organisms within Contentful? Yeah, yeah. So modeling the pieces of the atomic design system in Contentful is a like very straightforward process. Like you will start modeling your atoms using like content types and attributes. Like most of the native fields of Contentful are already like atoms by itself. For example, like a media asset or the text field, they are like already like uh, atoms. And then using like the composition pattern, like making link reference to other content types, you can build more complex pieces like molecules, organisms and, and templates. For like building templates, you will normally use the fixed assemblies approach in Contentful. But depending on the level of freedom you want to give to the content editors for building like pages, you can also use like flexible assemblies. So the fields, we could consider them as the atoms and then the atoms can be put together into a content type, which could be a molecule in itself or an assembly could end up being an organism, right? That puts everything together. Well, no, that would be more of a template in assembly almost. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Right. It would be more of a template. And then the entry itself, we get down basically to the page. At that exactly. Point. The entry itself, it, it's a page at that right, point. Right, because yeah. you're now adding content to that template, which is the assembly. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So what are some of the tools available for creating an atomic design system? From the like the designer's perspective, there are like many tools for building design systems, uh, not only like the atomic design system, but like in general design systems. Like, for example, like Craft from Ambition has a DSM, which is a design system manager a module that uh, integrates with tools like Sketch. So you can have like a sketch library and upload this library to the to Ambition and be and manage the library and share this library across your team. And also has like integrations with like Storybook, 
So you can generate like this pattern library or component library within InVision. There are also like more specific tools for organizing atomic design systems like uh, Fabricator or Pattern Lab. Yeah, tell us more about Pattern Lab. That's part of the atomic design system, right? Yeah, that's uh, I think the creator of the atomic uh, model helped creating this tool. It's uh, like a front-end framework for organizing and maintaining a design system based on the atomic approach. It's a framework that uh, gives you like tools for a front-end as well. So, so you can have like this component library and it's embedded with the atomic design system so it's very easy to maintain and, and to work with it with a design system based on the atomic model. I see. And the atomic design system, does it map directly to, let's say, like React objects or Angular? How does it relate to the actual technology that you have to use to then implement this? That's a good question. So from the development perspective, what we end up with is, is with like a library, right? You, you want to create like a, a library that you can use as a dependency in, in your project. So when you work with the atomic design system, you want to map all the atoms, the molecules and organisms in coding as well. And you want to use the same language. So you end up, for example, if you're using React or Angular, you will end up with creating modules for each of the components of the atomic system. And you want to use the same language. So you end up, for example, with uh, prefixes on the models. For example, we use AT for atoms or ML for molecules, OR for organisms. So it's very easy to organize the code and, and organize to identify it later. In, in the language. Yeah. Yeah, and the, yeah, exactly. So you're literally mapping components to their components in the design system. So if it's an organism, you're literally naming it OR or molecule ML. Huh, interesting. So if you have multiple languages you have to support, for example, let's say React versus Angular, would you have to create objects, I guess, for each of them for the atomic design system? Yes, but uh, what we did, for example, for this project, we first created a uh, pure like CSS framework. In this CSS framework, we define things like the grid system we're going to use, like the rules for the containers and the layout. And we use this CSS framework as a dependency for the other technologies. So after, for example, if we're going to use a React or Angular, we use this CSS framework into this uh, as a dependency in this library. And this way we can reuse the whole like CSS framework in, into different languages. Then we can build a library for React or a library for Angular, but we reduce the CSS framework. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense for a single source of truth, I guess, for the code. Exactly, yep. yeah. Yeah, definitely. So what about localization, like locales, languages? How does the atomic design system take that into consideration or does it? I think the localization is something that fits more into the realm of the content itself rather than the design system. But for this, we can use like the locales in, in Contentful. So you can like use any approach, like either like a field level localization or, or entry level localization, depending on what you want to achieve. But I, I think this is something more related to the content itself and something that you can do within Contentful. Got it. But I was thinking more of, a, uh, for example, and it's going to be a silly example, but just to illustrate something where perhaps having a search field input and a search button in South America is not as accepted as it is in North America. Again, it's a silly example. So you want to change the component where things are reversed, right? And sometimes you do run into things where something is, is displayed differently in a different locale just because how of the standard in that locale. I'm wondering if that would be the case that you would have two molecules or two organisms, one for 
So let's say South American speaking countries and another one for European countries or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes sense. I think that the, it's something that you can like do using the atomic design system because like, well, you will still have like all the atoms that you can reuse in building this uh, molecule or like organism, uh, like a localized uh, molecule or organism. And, and then you can build a different molecules or organisms for the specific locale but you're still going to reuse the all the atoms so so the atoms you don't localize you localize the molecules and the organisms yeah. that's what you would yeah, localize yeah. okay that makes yes, a lot yes. of sense definitely so one of the things design systems are great until you have to continually update them and that includes updating the design system and updating also the code to reflect that design system so is there any difference in updating an atomic design system is it easier than any other kind of design system or or, or are the same challenges exist? I think, well, you will have to maintain like uh, two things here because you, you you will need to maintain the design system according to the design and, and also according to the development. So in terms of the development, we're going to generate like a library that you can use as a dependency in your projects. And this library can live in a code repository from where you can generate like a NPM package, for example. Then using like versioning, you can maintain and push control changes to the library. So the projects that are using this library can also get the updates. And in the similar way, you're going to use like a tools for design for updating the components of the design system. Right. And then, of course, you have to get everybody to agree, right? Especially if it's a very big app, a change to the design system could be a huge effect if it's a yes. yeah, an app, especially that's yes, in production. Yes. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I, I think that's something that also we, we run is a problem that we, we run in, in some point and need to be especially careful in, in Contentful because like sometimes you have your components like a model in, in Contentful and then, then you need to apply a change and that can be a problem if you have things pulling content from Contentful. So we use this uh, approach where it's better to like if you need to make modifications to content types, you just add some stuff to the model and then you test that out. And then you, when everything works great, you remove what you are not using. Yeah, definitely. Now, you mentioned something earlier that you just mentioned briefly, but I want to touch upon, which are patterns. And I know they have a concept in atomic design systems of pattern libraries. Can you explain what those are? Yes. Well, pattern libraries are, it's like the living documentation where you can showcase all of the UI design elements of and components of the design system. So it's uh, where you can see how they look like and how to use them and how they're coded. And they also provide like the style guides, all the like the rules related to the brand, the product, the colors, like iconography, margins, paddings, typographies, uh, grids, so all this. It's like the living documentation where engineers are going to go to see how to use this component. I see. So the design system itself is like, here are our tools to build our stuff and the patterns are here's how we implement these tools in our company uh -huh, exactly these tools being the molecules the atoms and all of that right okay cool well we're pretty close to the end here i do have one last question for you which is in your opinion what does the future hold for the atomic design system itself or even design systems in general if you have an opinion on that yeah, I think the design systems and especially the atomic design system is, is a great approach for creating uh, design systems for organizations. Like as we discussed today, well, it also like works great with the IT teams. 
right? So it fits very well in the context of uh, modern web technologies and especially in the Jamstack ecosystem. And it brings uh, lots of value to organizations where like apart from creating like consistency in different like digital experiences, you can also generate governance across the different units of an organization. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, Juan Manuel, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks for sharing your knowledge. If people want to get a hold of you, how can they do that? Well, first of all, I thank you, Marcelo, for having me here. It's the first time for me, like uh, recording like podcast. I think uh, it was a lot of fun. Well, if someone wants to get in contact with me, can like just drop me an email. I can tell my email is a flusha. It's F-L-U-X-A at uh, rain.cl. And we'll add it to the show notes too. Okay, that's good. Yeah, perfect. Well, thank you so much, Juan Manuel. I really appreciate it. And thanks to the rest of you for being here with us. Just a quick reminder to visit www.contentfulcreators.com for more podcast episodes, tutorials, webinars, and blog articles. So until the next episode, I'm your host, Marcelo Lewin. Cheers, everyone. Cheers, everyone.